Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports Live in the Living Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. First show of November. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's an Apple iTunes Store or Google Play, wherever you get your apps. Make sure that app says Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch uh, any of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you miss any of our shows, that's okay. They're in our archive section. Just go look for them. You can watch and listen to them at your own leisure. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Facebook, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports on Chicago. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to Warrell Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. If you want to follow War Media, you can do so at W-A-R-R Media. That's at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. And thank you in advance. For your support, like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And you can catch Second City Sports every Monday and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're alive and in living color. And we have, uh, we are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. Lakina, when you're stuck in a situation and things are not going your, your way, what do you tend to do? Be honest. Oh, oh. Hmm. you know, let a. Well, a good scream, you know, maybe a couple of swear words and, you know, maybe just, you know, maybe just have a little, you know, watch a scary movie, watch just some comedy and then, you know, maybe watch, you know, some old episodes, some classic sitcoms from back in the day. I won't say, I don't want to reveal my age, but yeah, that's sort of like my way of kind of, you know, letting out some grievances. <laughs> but you, but usually you, you tend to reflect back, correct? You know, flash back in time. Or as Huey Lewis in the news of one of my favorite bands of all time said in the, in the, in the 86 movie, 1986 movie, Back to the Future, going back in time. Yes. Watch, <laughs> watching the Bears game yesterday, watching Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> um, running his little self for two touchdown scores. Uh, he looked like he had his own inner Steve Young in him yesterday <laughs> as <laughs> uh, the 49ers defeated the Ch Chicago Bears. We'll talk, we'll dive more deeper into that game in just a moment 33 to 22. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like Steve Young on steroids, <laughs> or just Steve Young raw coming out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before right. he went to the 49ers. For you younger folks, listen, go do your research. Mm -hmm. it, now. Also, on the flip side, when you're stuck in a situation that you don't like, that you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole of, you tend to look towards the future. Sure. On the flip side for the Chicago Bears, that's my thoughts on rookie quarterback Justin Fields. As we told you guys, this is a season of development for him because he's a rookie, and hopefully by the end of the year, he's better than what he is right now. Yesterday, we saw signs of him getting better, especially in the passing game. We all know how athletic he is, including on that unbelievable 22-yard touchdown run to start mm -hmm. the fourth quarter. So I am hopeful for the Bears' future. But on the flip side, we had when you're stuck in this situation, you also have to deal with reality. Reality is, as we told you guys, the Bears are not a playoff team. Mm -hmm. The Bears' defense, they missed Khalil Mack more than we thought they would, would yesterday. Robert Quinn showed up, but not enough. 
Alec Ogletree was on the field, but he didn't make any impact plays. Eddie Jackson, the safety, who's been maligned all season long, he went out with a hamstring injury at the second play of the game, did not return. Lakina, even though I said Jalen Johnson there, star defensive cornerback, is the, is the best uh, secondary player on the Bears. They really missed Eddie Jackson yesterday. All I'm saying is this. For you Bears fans, I know it's frustrating. I know that it's confusing. But you have to look towards the future and come to the reality that this Bears team, as we said for weeks now, they're not a playoff team. They're barely mediocre at that. It's all about the future. Now, the upper heads at Hallis Hall are not going to tell you this because they want you to come to the games and support them no matter what, as so many of you do. Mm-hmm. But reality is this. When you stuck at mediocrity, you stuck at NFL hell, especially in this salary cap league, you need to reevaluate some things. And yesterday just reaffirmed that for yours truly. Well, I mean, look, for me, like, look, I, I actually was not watching the game, admittedly. I did not <laughs> watch most of this game. I kind of kept it kind of like in the background. But it, it, look, they, they had a great start. The Bears did. You know, look, Field did, you know, Justin Fields things. He rushed for over 100 yards. He, you know, passed for 175, you know, had a touchdown, had a rushing touchdown, that great play. But, you know, late, it, he he kind of showed like a rookie, you know, what a rookie would look, you know, that, you know, interception that kind of ended the game. You know, Khalil Herbert, you know, ha- you know, moved the ball well. You know, A-Rob had some drops, you know, during that movie, did what he needed to do. Jesse James, that was a touchdown. That was the only touchdown pass that field tie was to him. But, but uh, you know, but unfortunately, the defense, you know, yeah, Khalil Mack, you know, you, you miss him. And yes, you miss A. Jackson. But A. Jackson wasn't, you know, that's shown was mostly has been mostly bad than good. And also too, you know, with even with Khalil Mack out there, they gave up a lot. The defense gave up a lot of, you know, long rushing drives. I mean, look, Elijah Mitchell yeah. rushed for 137 yards. You know, Debo Samuel looked like the Debo Samuel, the Pro Bowl that we've seen from him, you know, with the 49ers. So, you know, look, we saw a whole lot of that. And look, the, the, the 49ers, if you're the 49ers, that was this is the kind of game you needed yesterday because of some of the all, you know, for morale. As for the, the, the Bears, I mean, look, you, look, they are who you thought they were. I'm going to keep saying that, too, over and over again. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. Zero punts the 49ers had. You know, that uh, there was a little pressure on Garoppolo. So, look, Garoppolo did look like that raw, you know, Steve Young, you know, fresh out of Tampa. So, you know, for me, look, we saw what we saw. The the Bears are terrible. And, look, it you know, it's – it is what it is. I know people thought that, oh, well, that's a winnable game and blah, blah, blah. Well, I guess it wasn't. You're listening to Second City Sports right here, live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago City. And Luke Kenny here with you. Second City Sports as we reviewed the Bears' 33-22 loss to the 49ers on the lakefront yesterday. Shout out to a good friend, Armando. He says that the 49ers may have time adjustments. The Bears did not. Uh, that's what it came down to, Lakina. The Bears were putting field goals on the board. The 49ers in the second half were put, putting up touchdowns. If you want to make a comment on any of our topics during today's show, you can do so by going to Sports Host Chicago on Facebook or Sports Host Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up and running for you, up and running for you. But if you decide to troll, do something stupid like that stupid fan on the Bulls post-game live show on Saturday, Lakina will give you the Bill Lane beer boot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yes. Um, well, uh, getting back to to the Chicago Bears, Lakina. <laughs> like you said, Elijah Mitchell, as um, 
One time, Chicago sports talk show host Danny McNeil said he had an Edgar Bennett game. For those of you who don't know, Edgar Bennett had a game of his life back in 1994 mm -hmm. uh, during that ugly Monday Night Football game uh, on Halloween, no doubt, in 1994 yes. where uh, Dick Buckus' number was retired. And Edgar Bennett ran all over the Bears. He was a member of the Green Bay Packers. He was actually a member of the Bears in 98, but the, his career was over after that. But Elijah Mitchell, as you mentioned, did his thing yesterday. Debo Samuel showed up in the receiving department yesterday, six catches for 171 yards. And the, the 49ers, as, as our good buddy Armando said, they made adjustments uh, in, uh, in the second half, mm -hmm. and the Bears didn't. And so you could you tell that the pressure was on head coach um, uh, Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers. Now Chris Tabor on the, on the flip side for the Chicago Bears, didn't actually do a bad job. It's just the defense decided uh, not to show up. I thought I had, I said on Friday, looking at that, I thought this game was going to end in a tie. I was half kidding, but mm -hmm. I thought the Bears would do what they did offensively as far as putting up points on the board. Now, they only put up two touchdowns for the whole game, but their offense was moving, especially in, in, the, uh, uh, in the first half. But they left some points on the board, in my opinion, that should have been uh, six instead of threes. Yeah, I think there was a lot of points on the board. And then, and look, I think on both sides, I mean, look, Kyra Santos missed that um, the extra point after that great, mm -hmm. you know, rushing touchdown by Fields. I mean, yeah. And, you know, that, that kind of was sort of like turned the tide of that game. And also, Joe Sly, you know, missed, you know, missed a field goal and also an extra point. So there was a lot of missed opportunities on both sides to kind of put this game away. And you feel, it, it kind of feel like, you know, you hear Justin Fields' comments after the show, you're, you're, after the game, I should say. And, and he said, well, you know, you know, having that negative there, that really, you know, he felt a little bit different. He felt, you know, more rejuvenated. But then, you know, nothing really changed. So, you know, that's just mm -hmm. a, a weird how that goes. But you listen to what you listen to what you know some some of the comments, you know, and also too, Nagy is loved there. So I think for you know folks say, well, they don't like Nagy very much. Maybe he feels doesn't like Nagy very much, but everyone else does. If you heard Darnell Moody's comments, he you know, he missed him being on the sideline. So. You know, you know, Tabor, you know, Coach Tabor did what he could, you know, but, you know, mm -hmm. you can kind of tell that, look, again, know your personnel. I think that was the key. Like, the, the, the 49ers are a little bit more talented than the Bears right now. And, look, you, you hear – I've been with the sports radio on both on both, uh, both stations, and you hear, you know, folks say, well, you know, let, let's trade people. Like, well, look, we'll get to a big blockbuster trade that happened in our second segment, but mm -hmm. you know, that just happened about an hour ago, but – you know, who are you going to get? I mean, if you're looking, if you're A-Rob's agent, you're Alan Robbins' agent, you're probably calling, you know, your agent and saying, hey, get me, you know, get, get me out of here. He'll find somebody. You know, <laughs> Hicks, look, Hicks is over 30 and has had injury issues. So you're not, no one's going to trade for him either. So, you know, and David Montgomery, some people say maybe David Montgomery, well, you know, again, he's still hurt right now. And, you know, are you going to, are you going to get a second round pick or a first round? You don't have a first rounder next year. So, Look, you you might we might see the same Bears team on Wednesday afternoon. So we get get ready, folks. <laughs> Taking a look at the Bears numbers offensively from yesterday. Justin Fields 19 and 27, 175 yards, a touchdown in the pick. Rush in the rushing department, Justin Fields had 10 carries for 103 yards in that dynamic run as we referred to a moment ago. Khalil Herbert, 23 carries, 72 yards. The 49ers, I believe, did a great job on him, especially in the second mm -hmm. half and stopping the run. Damian Williams, two carries for a negative three yards. He left the game early with an injury. In the receiving department, Darnell Mooney had six catches for 64 yards. Jesse James, three catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Marquise Goodwin. Um, two catches for 32 yards against his former team. 
Cole Komet, it's nice to see a, a tight end sighting, folks. Cole Komet had three catches for 24 yards. Allen Robinson, three catches for 21 yards. Lakina, another thing that I was encouraged about yesterday, and I've been begging for this for the last few weeks, perhaps all season, the, the tight ends combined for a total of six catches yesterday, three between Jesse James and Cole Komet each. So the tight ends Yay! are starting to get, in, get involved. Yes, I know. I, 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 for those of you outside of Chicago that don't watch this garbage, uh, it's quote-unquote new to us to see an actual offense run like a professional offense. Now, hopefully they can carry this into Pittsburgh next week. We'll get, in, we'll get into the preview against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in our next couple of shows because they, the Bears and the Steelers play in the Steel City uh, this time next Monday night for the whole world to see. But Sorry, back to yesterday. <laughs> but it was nice to see the tight ends get involved. Uh, they made some positive yardage. And, uh, also, too, uh, Jesse James with that touchdown catch. Unlike what I, actually number, um, which brings up my third point, especially on that touchdown pass from Fields to Jesse James. It's nice to see Justin Fields turn and throw on the run to his left. Now he's a right-handed quarterback. He can throw on the run on the right side easily, but to turn his body and throw. Uh, against his body, against his uh, strong arm side. That was very impressive. And that was what I liked yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, they showed some flashes. I mean, I, I think, look, you, you know, the offense did look kind of like they were kind of into a rhythm a little bit. You know, they're, like I said before, there were some, you know, so there were some drops, there were some, you know, overthrows, you know, by fields. But, uh, but again, I mean, look, this team still isn't good enough. I'm sorry. And, and look, feels remember people. People need to remember he was also sacked four times. Mm -hmm. So for that, you know that that defense, you know for the 49ers actually looked pretty good. I mean, most had a couple of sacks. You know, got to him mm -hmm. a couple of times. So I, I kind of feel like you know this is sort of like you know this because what you're going to be seeing for the rest of the year, Bears fans, you're going to be seeing you know, some flashes here and there, but the defense gives up a big play, and yeah, they have injuries, but you know what? I mean, look. That that just look as Armando, our buddy Armando just said it. They may, you know, Kyle Shannon, for how you feel about him and how he called the Super Bowl, blah blah blah. He's a pretty good game manager, and he, he learned that from his dad. So, you know, he learned how yeah. to make adjustments in halftime, and he was able to kind of, you know, expose that hole on the inside for the Bears. Also, expose, you know, that secondary, which even when A. Jackson went out, you know, they were bad anyway, even before he went yeah. out. So, <laughs> You know, he, he, he was to expose it even more. So, you know, the, look, the, the look, I mean, look, the Tabor did, like I said, Tabor did what he could, but you kind of feel mm -hmm. like, again, it's a personnel thing, just as a coaching thing. They Look, the, the Bears gave up 471 total yards. Say that one more time. Four, you know, 400 and, you know, actually, the real total was 477, but, you know, even still, 67, I should say, but even still, there <laughs> was, you know, look, I, like that's not good. You can't, you know, contend. You can't win a Super Bowl. You can't even contend for your division, especially when you have a, the Green Bay Packers in your same division that's been playing pretty well despite some of their issues. But you know, come on. Yeah, and another comment from my buddy Armando. He says that referring to the Bears, they couldn't tackle yesterday's, and that is so true. There's been an issue with this that team was the all year. The league, and, though. That was yeah, the team yeah. around the league yesterday. Yeah. If you think about it, Armando. <laughs> And it's been an issue with this Bears uh, franchise for over the last several years. So, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, unfortunately. But uh, what about that big play that the Bears gave up on 30-19 in that third quarter? Uh, that was ridiculous. I thought that was uh, <laughs> the first uh, domino uh, to fall as far as the Bears um, 
starting to lose that game. Of course, uh, you mentioned Cairo Santos. He still has that streak going as far as field goals are concerned, but he missed an extra point after that field's touchdown run to start the fourth quarter. And that was the second, second snowfall, I believe, that would trend in the, in the wrong direction for the Bears to lose that game. That, that was kind of you, – you saw it once when Grubble converted that, you know, third and 20 to Samuel – like that was mm-hmm. sort of like the tie that kind of turned the corner for them in the positive direction. You know, he was short of the uh, the goal of the goal line, but you know, he was down at the, the half yard line or something like that. That, but even still, you know, they scored a couple of plays later, and you know, slide missed a field goal, missed an extra point, but still, mm-hmm. that kind of started the trend. And and look, if you're the and look if you're the Bears, look if you're the defense, you know, yes, it could be injuries, but also too, like they're old, they're older. You know, most of those yeah. guys are over thirty. And also, too, you know, you can tell that they missed, you know, Pagano. And I don't know what Sean, this, you know, Sean decide. I don't know, you know, is it, is it, you know, him? Maybe he's not ready to be a coordinator, or is it, you know, other things? But it could be a combination. So it is just that the Bears defense, you know, they've looked competent at times, but when they've looked bad, they've looked really bad. Yes, and the Bears have looked really bad. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, did they play down to that competition? In terms of the Bears, they're not good enough to play down to that competition. We'll get to the some of the teams they played down to that competition or or did not <laughs> on the flip side. But if you if you're the Bears, you, you can't afford that luxury. You're not the Rams, you're not the Buccaneers, you're not the Packers. So you have to bring it every game. And, and it seems to me that it's not, not even seems to me, but what it is is that the Bears have to play close to perfect to have a chance to win some of these games now. They've gotten away with some things so far this year, but your record says what you say you are. You are three and five, and whatever is working, we, we know it's not working. You don't have the, the talent, even before what happened yesterday. So the Bears can't afford to make three, four mistakes that they can over, overcome. And you're not the great teams in this league that can afford to do that. Well, I know, you know some people. I've heard some people say that too. Well, the Bears, you know, they play down to their competition. Oh, wait, wait, the, the team's not good enough to play down to their competition. Really? Mm-hmm. Like what? You're seriously telling us that, oh, they're playing. No, they're, they're not. They're not good enough to do that. So it, it's just silly to even say such a thing. And and look, I, I look, I feel like at this point, if you're I, I don't know what else you can say. I mean, as you could uh, as as Armando said, the scrum where the point artists put the bears into the end zone is where I saw the Bears defense came up the cake. You see, if you yeah. saw that, you know, mm-hmm. when, when, <laughs> if you saw that, you know, Garoppolo even got in, in the middle of that too, you know, pushing, you know, his old lineman and pushing his, you know, Mitchell and the rest of the line, <laughs> you know, was pushing him into the end zone. It's just like, how? How does that even happen? <laughs> so you're, you're like, uh, yeah, that that was that was bad, and you know, that was just. And look, I, I think some of these guys, I don't want to say some of these guys have checked out, but you wonder, have they checked out? I mean, mentally, I mean, you, you know, there's no, there's little chemistry, if, if none, between, you know, A-Rob and, and Fields, you know, Fields and Mooney are more kind of like in that, you know, that combo. So you wonder, have, especially if they lose to Pittsburgh, sorry, all you, sorry, uh, U.S., sorry, all you uh, football fans, you know, you might, you might actually want to tune into the Manning brothers, you know, telecast of that just to see, I'm sure you know, <laughs> Peyton and Eli will, will, will just hammer the Bears, but, you know, that's another thing, but we'll get to that in, in due time, but it, it's just, uh, I don't know about how you feel about it, but it's just, uh, it's, it's just, I, I don't, they're, they're, they're bad. Can we, can we move on? I, I want to move on because, like, all this stinkiness is starting to you know, get get to me, and I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on right after the right after this timeout at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live at 11 Colors. Sid Lakina here with you. Just uh, if you want to comment on today's show, any of our topics during these uh, 
the two hours that we are on live, you can do so by going to our uh, Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or on our YouTube page at Sports Zone Chicago. Place your questions and comments in the comments section. We'll get them up on the screen for you. If you decide to do something stupid like that stupid Bulls fan did on Saturday, Lakina will give you the beer lane beer boot. No apologies. <laughs> Lakina, just might uh, uh, wrap up. Uh, on on the Bears game from yesterday. Yes, there are some encouraging signs. Yes, they did play a little bit better than last week at Tampa, which, as we said, Tampa was the better team, even though I believe the the, the Los Angeles Rams are the best team in the NFC. There's another team knocking on the door for that title. We'll get to that team on the on the flip side. But the Bears did show up. Yes, the 49ers are, are a less opponent than the Buccaneers, but uh, they're a professional football team, too, as we talked about it with Kylan Mills on Friday. Uh, any, we expected any and everything could happen. The only thing they didn't have is that the, that the game didn't end the tie. And you thought that the Bears would be more fired up, especially offensively with, with Matt Nagy not being there. But uh, the offense didn't do too bad, but the running game was non-existent in the second half. Yeah, I thought that was just, you know, that they didn't run the ball. They didn't. They like they went through, you know, a couple of sweeps, you know, pass plays, you know, fields, you know, to go kept the ball. You know, he had 103 yards. That's never a good thing. I'm gonna talk about another team that depends on maybe the quarterback running the ball a little bit too much. I'll get to them in the second after this break. But you know, look, that that's not good. Now we'll see when David Montgomery comes back. You know, will will that, you know, I'm sure that mindset will change, but you know, why didn't Herbert get the ball more? That's probably the number one question. Yep, and that's going to be a lot of things that the Bears will have to answer as they they will prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they will face them in the Steel City on Monday Night Football this time next week. Lakina, it's at it's the bottom of the hour. We had to take a quick timeout. On the flip side, we'll review Week Eight's action from yesterday from the National Football League, and we'll give you our quick preview of tonight's game between the New York Football Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11-17, of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9-19 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? 
In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday, right here, live in Lincoln, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As we'll now transition over to what happened in the week eight action from the rest of the National Football League. Lakina, I think we had a little bit more um pizzazz, a couple more upsets yesterday, and uh, it was Halloween, and a lot of strange things happened, both good and bad for the other teams in the National Football League. Let's get Right to the recap from yesterday's action. It was the Carolina Panthers 19, the Atlanta Falcons 13. Matt Ryan, who's my fantasy quarterback, who did terribly yesterday, but that's all another <laughs> issue. Matt Ryan 20 for 27, 146 yards and a touchdown in a turnover again. Chubba Herbert for Carolina carried the ball 24 times for 82 yards and a go ahead score in the fourth quarter. DJ Moore had four catches and 59 yards. It was really the defense that kind of propelled their. And still, Stephon Gilmore had one of those interceptions that you mm-hmm. know, Ryan threw. So, Shaq Thompson had the other one. So, he, his presence was felt in his first game back. So, it was, you know, that was really the defense that kind of, you know, helped them there. And, you know, because, look, Sam Darnold, you know, he didn't make any major mistakes, but he wasn't flashy either. Like you said, Hubbard had that rushing touchdown for them. And, look, they did just enough to win that game. And, hey, that's fine. Look, Zane Gonzalez were four for four with field goals. And, look, they did just enough to win that game. So, You'll take it if you're Matt Rule and the Panthers. Yep, the Panthers are are at four and four, uh, stopping that four game losing streak. The Falcons failed to reach 500. They dropped to three and four on the year. To Buffalo, the Bills needed a second half surge offensively to down the Miami Dolphins 26 11. Josh Allen for Buffalo had 29 of 42, uh, 29 of 42 for. 249 yards passing and two touchdowns. He also carried the ball eight times for 55 yards in the score. Cole Beasley had 10 catches for 110 yards. Not you know, not pretty. You know, you know, probably a little bit of rust, you know, coming off the bye. But look, Josh Allen, if he's your your top rusher, that's not good. Because <laughs> I think you may you may have to start, you know, depending on the you know, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss more who are more than capable of moving the ball, but you know, I, I think he felt like, you know, Allen felt like he had something to prove because he felt like that loss against the Titans were, was his fault. But, and again, look, you know, they did just have to win that game. And, you know, Tua, uh, Tua did not look good. And that, that I can see why Dolphins fans are getting restless right now with him. And, and look, you know, the, the, you know, the Bills, this is the kind of game you want if you're the Bills kind of get back on track. So you'll take the win. But I caution uh, Buffalo Bills fans, if Josh Allen is your leading uh, rusher, in most of these games, it's going to be trouble, especially come playoff time. Uh, to Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns dropped their record to 4-4 four and four after the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defeated them by an ugly score of 15-10. We told you guys on Friday that this, this was a, a vision game that could get ugly. I watched the majority of this game via my computer, <laughs> <laughs> and it was ugly. Deep, uh, both defenses showed up. Uh, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger uh, took uh, Ben uh, Roethlisberger took some of those hits. Baker Mayfield had a tough day for the Browns on the other side, but Roethlisberger for Pittsburgh was twenty-two or thirty-four for two hundred sixty-six yards in a touchdown. Najee Harris had twenty-six carries, ninety-one yards in the go-ahead score, and and Johnson Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh had six catches for ninety-eight yards. 
quiet there you are not not you said I'm, I'm my thing here but uh but yeah look i think look the deep look i think look tj watt had a couple of you know recovered a couple of fumbles mm-hmm. you know he made a he had a couple of sacks so i think their defense you know was a little bit better than the, the browns defense and look unfortunately they was you know there were some drops key drops you know landry had a couple of key drops and and, and look you know you can tell becker mayfield did not does not look good does not look comfortable i don't know if that that shoulder's bothering mm-hmm. him but you know that for me, I think that's really going to be the issue here for for the Browns deal you know, going forward. Is this going to be a? I, I don't know. I think you wonder. You know, he's, he's at the end of his contract, so you wonder are they going to resign him? But it's not looking good for him right now. And I think the Steelers is kind of starting to show a little bit of resurgence a little bit here. You know, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is not looking like you know the Ben Roethlisberger that we you know that we're used to seeing, but he's mm-hmm. doing justice not to keep his team in games, and that's what you want. The Philadelphia Eagles destroyed the Detroit Lions 44-6. Uh, I'm sorry that we all picked the Lions on Friday. Uh, they looked horrible. Jared Goff was 25 of 34 for 222 yards. He was sacked a bunch of times, especially in that first half. Jalen Hurts, seven carries for 71 yards for Philadelphia. TJ Hawkinson, even though he had a couple of drops, he had 10 catches for 89 yards. Former Bears running back Jordan Howard had two t- rushing touchdowns for Philadelphia. Boston Scott also had two rushing touchdowns for Philadelphia. And Darius Slade, the Eagles defensive back, he had an interception against his former team. Lakina, I did watch the majority of this game via my computer. My computer, I should say. Uh, as soon as halftime hit, I checked out. <laughs> the Lions did not show up. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. And I, I apologize to my buddy Christine. You know, she picked, you know, she wanted to pick the. The Eagles, but we talked her out of it. And, you know, we're, That's we're all Christine. <laughs> we're so yeah. Feel free, feel free to yell at us when you come in on on uh, on Friday. But yeah, I, I think you know the Lions just they kind of like use up all their like you know bag. You know, I think Dan Campbell had to use up all his bag of tricks and just you know had all his stuff already mapped out when that game against the Rams last week. So this yeah. was just ooh, you know look you, you take it. I mean if you're the if you're the Eagles, you know best game of the season so far is against the Lions. You know look. Jalen Hurts didn't look, you know, didn't have to do too much. I mean, hey, you know, 103 yards, you know, Garden Mitchell even got in for a little bit, you know, for, uh, you mm-hmm. know, for a couple of, a uh, couple of passes, but you know, you really, again, this is the line. So you really have to do too much, you know, six sacks for that uh, Rams defense. So. The Lions are 0-8. The Eagles improve to 3-5. and And one of the best games of the day from yesterday, it was the Tennessee Titans over the Indianapolis Colts, 34-31. The Colts let me down. <laughs> I should have trusted Christine's, uh, Christine's uh, pick. Uh, she said that she couldn't trust the Colts, and she was right. She picked the Titans. Um, the Titans um, uh, were down 14-0 early, and they came back. The Colts made a game out of it, scoring a tie- game-tying touchdown late in the in regulation, but uh, Carson Wentz, Lakina did too much. I did watch uh, some of this game live via my computer. Shout out to Spiro Ditas, a good friend of the show. You called the game yesterday for CBS. Uh, it was a very entertaining game, especially in that second half and overtime. Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee was 23 or 33 for 265 yards, uh, three touchdowns and a pick. Jonathan Taylor ran the ball well for Indianapolis, 16 carries for 70 yards and a score. A.J. Brown came up big for Tennessee, 10 catches, 155 yards and a score. And Woods had that really bad uh, pass. I don't know if that was a pass or he just lost the ball in the end near their own end zone. You know, that that for, you know that was a pick six. I propelled the top, you know, take the lead. And then, of course, they were able to come back. It was just a strange game from start to finish. An exciting game, too, but still. And, 
you know, times were able to pull it out. But unfortunately, it was uh, it was a costly win because now, even though, yes, there are three, you know, three games now in the AFC South. They're kind of in the driver's seat there. But it looks like, you know, Derek Henry's done for the year with a foot injury. So they suffered during that game. Mm-hmm. So they're on the market for a new new running back and but but again you know aj brown you know showed you you know why he's one of the best one of the best wide receivers in the league so a nice win for the titans to get a little bit of a breathing room that division yeah if you're nbc next week because the titans will go on the road to play the rams uh you really shaking in your boots because derrick henry possibly will not play uh that's what happens uh, you play football sometimes your stars get injured and you may not see them on screen and one of the up big upsets from yesterday it was the new york football jets defeating the cincinnati Bengals by the score of 34 31 mike white before he got knocked out of the game with a concussion he was 37 for 45 for 405 yards and three touchdown passes a carter for the jets had 15 carries 77 yards for a score t higgins for cincinnati four catches and 97 yards yeah, he joins Cam Newton as the only QB since 1950 to throw 400 yards in their first career NFL start. He's also the first QB with 400 yards, passing yards, three passing touchdowns in his first start. Like you said, said unfortunately, he got knocked out you know, because of a concussion. You know, let's see. Okay, I'll get to you. I'll get to you, you guys you know, in a minute with my uh, studs and does. You guys are going to be on the good end of that one. But, <laughs> it, it, but uh, look, I know there were a couple of bad calls late in the game. I, I believe it was Jaws who carried the ball. For the Jets, and then um, I forgot who it was that got called for that. I guess for unnecessary roughness. I think I think it was Bell. I think if I'm not mistaken, or maybe even Sam Hubbard. I'm not sure, but that that sort of like it propelled them to get that. You know, the Jets get that first down and sort of sealed the win for them. But look, I mean, good for the Jets. I mean, I I kind of like I don't think anybody saw this. You know, saw this coming. So you know, Mike White. I mean, again, there was a theme here yesterday, folks. I guess it was because it was Halloween, but. We'll get to it with some of the other games, but it's just ooh, that was just an exciting game, but also a weird game, too. <laughs> In the last of the early games from yesterday, it was the Los Angeles Rams dominating the Houston Texas 38-22. Davis Mills for Houston, the rookie quarterback, had 29-38 passing for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Darrell Henderson ran the ball for the Rams very well, 14 carries, 90 yards in the score. Cooper Cup has seven catches, 115 yards, and another score. Matthew Stafford on the flip side for the Rams had two touchdown passes. Lakina, as we said on Friday, the Rams are better than the than the Texans. You jump on them, jump on them early, and they did just that. Yeah, those two touchdowns were uh, by Mills were garbage touchdowns, so they really, they really wasn't didn't really matter at the end. You know, three touchdowns from uh, Matt Stafford, and look, I think you. You can kind of feel also too, you know, he's just a third guy to have most, you know, TDs and first eight games with his with his new team. Of course, you know, Patrick Mahomes was also Kurt Warner tying with Kurt and Warner for that record. So again, they really didn't have to do too much. You know, they kind of let the foot off the gas and you know, they probably could have done more, but they you know, they kind of they put out five sacks for the the Rams defense that got better. You know, we'll again we'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, didn't really say too. Didn't really say too much after the game. So they did what they had. They they did what they're you're supposed to do against a team like the like the Texans. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina with you as we continue to review the Week Eight action from the National Football League. Let's get to the late games now. In the other upset from yesterday, it was the New England Patriots. Yes, Bill Belichick's Patriots. <laughs> they defeated the Los Angeles Chargers, as we call them, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on this show, by the score of 27-24. Justin Herbert, 18-35, 223 yards and two 
two touchdown passes. Damian Harris ran the ball well for New England, 23 carries, 80 yards in the score. Keenan Allen, six catches, 77 yards in they score. Yeah, two bad interceptions for Herbert that kind of, you know, let kept you know, New England in that game. And I and look, it's hard for me to say this. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't played one of the last couple of games talking about Herbert. So but mm-hmm. you know, you give you give New England their due. I mean, you know, look, they their defense, you know, a lot of people thought that that wasn't very was a very good defense coming in. You know, they had you know they sacked him three times. You know, Phillips had Adrian Phillips had two interceptions for them. Uh, again, look, I don't look they could they make a play for you know, for maybe one of the wild card spots, I think that they're not going to have too many losses. Their, their, their schedule is pretty tough. So, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's but you know what? I think look, you'll 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 take the upset that that could be that could be the thing that kind of breaks the tie, our tiebreaker. So you know, big win for the Patriots. Yeah, we'll see as the season goes along. The Patriots are four and four now. The drop in the Chargers drop to four and three. Seattle Seahawks get back on track, uh, checking in with a three and five record after a 31 7 dominating win at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, 32 of 54, 238 yards in a score. Alex Collins ran the ball for the Seahawks, 10 carries, 44 yards. Tyler Lockett. For the Seahawks, 12 catches, 142 yards. DK Metcalf, the stud wide receiver for Seattle, had a touchdown reception as well. Two touchdown receptions Metcalf okay. had. And uh, look, I think, look, in any, and Geno Smith didn't throw an interception. So, hey, look, yeah. you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Look, you're doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, and, suppo- and maybe Russell Wilson might be back next week. So, Again, we'll see. But uh, look, this is sort of like a get-right game for the Seahawks. I think they really needed this performance by both Smith and by the team as a whole. So a good morale-boosting win for them. The Washington football team drop another drops another game, this time to the Denver Broncos by the score of 17-10. This was America's other game of the week. If you're Fox, I did watch the majority of this game live via my computer. <laughs> Washington had their chances, but they just couldn't get into the end zone. T- Taylor Heineke for the Washington football team, 24-39, 270 yards and a touchdown pass. That was a, a great touchdown pass to DeAndre Carter. What mm-hmm. a catch by Mr. Cardell's um, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon III uh, ran the ball well for the Broncos, 10 carries, 47 yards, and a, a go-ahead score. Uh, D, uh, J.D. McKissick for Washington led the team with eight catches at 83 yards. Yeah. McKenna, a- no, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that, you know, this was a nice, you know, look, I get, I, I get this, this is a game that Denver really needed you know, after the last few weeks. But it, look, I think, look, Teddy Bridgewater didn't make any big mistakes. So, you know, good for, good for, yeah, good for the, good for Bridgewater. And look, now that, you know, Von Miller is gone now, he's now a, a new member of the Los Angeles Rams. Now that defense looks even better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and look, we we might be seeing some of these types of trades, but again, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, did you see the end of the game, Lakina? Uh, the Broncos were trying to run out the clock. They had two fumbles. One, the first fumble they recovered, but the second fumble by the I forgot who the running back was. They lost it. Washington gets it back, and they still couldn't put it in. They the end, still, so yeah, the, they still the had a chance to win it. Yeah, right. yeah, gonna, I, you got to be yeah, kidding I, me. Yeah, I think that was Williams that lost. I think that was Williams, I believe, that lost that fumble. So I, I, I saw, I saw a replay of it, and it, it was just like <laughs> that. That was just not a very. Yeah, I think there were, that was Gordon Melvin Gordon Jr. Melvin Gordon III that lost that fumble. But yeah, that was yeah, the second one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the second fumble. Yeah, and and that was that was not good. And if you're if you're Denver, you're feeling pretty. You're you're, you're, you're you know you're feeling better knowing that that didn't cost you the game because that that would have been terrible. But you know, it, it, look, it's. 
look, I think you'll, you'll take the one if you're Denver. You probably aren't going to win anything, but, you know, just just try to, like, you know, get to you know, get to 500 and then maybe perhaps maybe build on it for next season. Yeah, Washington is at 2-6. and six. The Broncos improved their record to 4-4. Four and four. In the game of the day on Fox yesterday, it was the defending world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers going down to the New Orleans Saints 36-27. If you listen to our show on Friday, I, I picked the Saints, and you saw why. Uh, Tom Brady for the Buccaneers was 28 for 40 for 375 yards in a touch and four touchdown passes. And he threw a pit six to seal the game for the saints. Alpha Kamara ran the ball. Well, for new Orleans, 19 carries 61 yards and a score. Chris Godwin for Tampa Bay, eight, eight receptions, 140 yards and a touchdown. This is actually their sixth win for the, uh, for the, the, the Saints against the Bucks. So this is not just a Tom Brady thing. And look, unfortunately, um, James Woodson got hurt. You know, he's out for the rest of the season with a torn MCL and also some damage to the MCL too. So he's done for the year. Trevor Simeon, the, the Western's very own, um, mm-hmm. came on and look, didn't, didn't really have to do anything. Look, there's a sure because they were already in the lead by the time he, you know, he got out there. So he did what he had to do. And look, Alvin Kamara kind of kept drives going for them too. And also it was a defense. It, it was a defense. You know, PJ Williams had that uh that pit six that kind of sealed the, the game mm-hmm. for for the Saints. And like I said, they've had their they've had their numbers. So, you know, that they look, I'm sure Brady's gonna want his revenge, and I'm sure he's got that that the uh, that game against them. They're still a half game back of this, you know, of the Saints, you know, and the and um in the NFC South, but, you know, December 19th, which is going to be a Sunday night game, that's going to be huge. It probably could be maybe for seeding too, so also yep. for the division. So I think you're you're, you're circling that game. And, and, and look, you know, nice game by uh, the defense, the Saints defense. And that's kind of propelled into kind of where they are right now. They're 5-2, and two, and a lot of that's because they're defense. Yeah, the Saints uh... – Led Tampa Bay uh, twenty three to seven at one point before Tampa Bay put up a twenty piece in the in the second half. But as we mentioned, it was the pick six from the Saints secondary that sealed it at the end uh, for New Orleans as they proved their record to five and two. And they're just one game back of Tampa Bay, which checks in at six and two. In Sunday night football, the Dallas Cowboys without I repeat without Dak Prescott go goes on the road and beat the Minnesota Vikings twenty sixteen. Cooper Rush. Had the game of his life in his first career. Start 24-40 for 325 yards and two touchdown uh, passes. Dalfa Cook ran the ball for Minnesota 18 times for 78 yards. Amari Cooper, who's on my fantasy team, had eight catches, 122 yards in the, in the go-ahead score. Lakina, Amari Cooper had two uh, catches, including that game-winning touchdown on that final drive. The Dallas Cowboys defense is better than advertised, folks. Uh, and behind a rookie quarterback who made his first start uh, on Sunday Night Football in front of a national audience, uh, Cooper Rush did very well. I'm not saying he should be Matt Flynn and go get his $100 million contract and go to a bad team. But uh, the defense for the Cowboys kept kept uh, kept Dallas in the game. The offense uh, did enough just to win last night. Uh, it was a combination of that, and it's just the Vikings' offense just been hit and miss all season long. That's how I feel about that Vikings <laughs> offense. I mean, like, what what the hell happened in those like that last those last couple of possessions? Like, where was the urgency? And and like, my Zimmer, you know, took it on him. Like, like the, it was my fault. Yeah, I can hear that from uh, a second, a first or second year coach. Yeah, and one of the, the rookie coaches said that. But you're this is your fifth year. That's the kind of stuff that gets you a pink slip and a link card, dude. Okay, so don't 
Don't say that. Well, it was my fault. I use up all the timeouts for you know, really for I don't know whatever reason. But look, you know, look, go for good for Cooper Rush. Yeah, I remember the name from Central Michigan. You know, and and look, his his if you saw his father's reaction, you know, they kept you know taking mm-hmm. shots, of, you know, showing you know shots of his family. Yeah. You know, his 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 dad was just loving it. So you 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 yeah. feel good for those type of stories and you know, guys like him. But and, and look, I mean, look, are the the Cowboys the top team in in the NFC? Look, there are a couple of teams that will. That can you know make a, a claim to that you know up north mm-hmm. in Green Bay you got you know, out west in Arizona even though they lost that game to Green Bay also the Rams just got better with you know, adding Von Miller so mm-hmm. you know it's look it's it's right over the NFC right now. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday all new right here on Sports Zone Chicago we're live and in living color Sid Lakina here with you before we give you our quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football game let's get to our studs and does for week. Eight from yesterday, Lakina, I'll start. It was Cooper Rush for me for the Dallas Cowboys with those two touchdown passes, including the game winner to Cooper Cup against the Vikings. Elijah Mitchell uh, in his performance for the 49ers, uh, 18 carries, 137 yards in the score in their win over Chicago. And my third stud will be, drum roll please. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Let's see, let's see, let's see. My third one, I'm going, it's on the fly, folks. Najee Harris for Pittsburgh, 26 carries, uh, 91 yards in the score as Pittsburgh uh, defeated Cleveland on the road yesterday, 15-10. I'm keeping it the, the theme here with my studs. You know, yeah, Cooper Rush, Mike White, Trevor Simeon, and also, too, I'll even put in, like, a, a non-quarterback, but also a guy that kind of came in obscure, went from obscurity, uh, uh, Rosal Douglas, that was his first um, you know, interception, you know, that interception I steal the for the Packers going back to Thursday against the Cardinals. You know, that was his first interception since 2018. He was actually in the Cardinals practice squad in the you know, during the preseason before he, you know, he got cut and got picked up by the Packers. So I put all those guys in the categories of guys who went from obscurity to being kind of like heroes for their team. So those are my that's my one stud. I'm going to put that in one group there. Um, Josh Allen, you know, he had a rushing touch, a rush, uh, a couple of touchdown passes, and a rushing touchdown. And and look, like I said before, even though I feel kind of weird having your quarterback be your top rusher, that's never a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's you know, look, that was just enough to win. And hopefully, to give the ball to your your running backs more. Just saying. Uh, let's see another. Let me see here. You know, I'll, I'll give it to Jimmy G because I think he's a nice, you know, Bears nice, a nice QB to have. You know, two three hundred plus. Um, passing yards, no, no, no sacks, and you know, no rushes, you know, no rushes, you know, to him you know, just to throw the ball against the Bears. Only nine, really. Somebody said that only nine. That's only only nine QBs. I thought you thought there'd be more, but those are my studs. <laughs> okay, my three does is uh, the first one is the Detroit Lions. They failed to show up yesterday. Uh, they really made me look bad, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, my second dud is the Cincinnati Bengals. They talked about all last week that this was a trap game. And they couldn't afford to lose this one. They're 5-3. and three. I think they're still in good shape. But if you're a young team like this, you cannot afford to lose games to one of the worst teams in the league. And so the Cincinnati will get my second dud. And my third dud will be that Minnesota Vikings offense. Lakina, I'm with you. You thought, uh, especially without Dak Prescott, that the Vikings would actually put up more points. They can't even put up 20 points. They look worse than the Bears. 
Oh, that should be fun. That when it bears a uh, Vikings game, you know, that should be a fun one in a couple of weeks, about three weeks. Good grief after the vibe, but oh, <laughs> goody. Uh, that should be that should be a lot of fun. Um, my Dutch AJ Green, turn around, dude. Turn around. Turn around. <laughs> Look for the ball. You turn around. Look- mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, know, so yeah, you, you don't want to say no more because you meant to you meant to cut a check. But uh hey, right. <laughs> you have to cut a check, so don't don't residual check, so you don't you don't want to do that. But yeah, turn around, dude. You should you should know that they were you should know that they were gonna make a couple of shots at the end zone. They still had 14 seconds left and they had no timeouts. They were gonna they were gonna run the ball, so that would have been terrible. But Asia Green, turn around, dude. Uh uh, Cincy, I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, Cincy, really, you know, you guys were saying that you wanted people to take you guys seriously, but yet you lose to the Jets. That's not going to help you. Sorry, that that's not going to help. And no, that's not, you know, you're, you're, yes, you're, you have the divisional lead right now. Yes, you're in good shape, but, you know, the Ravens are going to be right, are right behind you. I think Pittsburgh, you know, may have to stay a little bit of reserves. They might make a go at it as well. So I'm giving you guys. A dud, and again, you stole mine. Said the Minnesota offense. Really, you got talent. Why don't you utilize it? You should have scored at least like you know twenty eight points. You didn't have to worry about Dak. So come on now. I don't know if it's a personnel thing. I don't know if it's the OC thing or something. I don't know, but something's got to give over in Minnesota. So, and also to uh, my bonus stud, I'm gonna give it to our buddy Spiro Diaz for calling a great game yesterday in that Colts Titans games. That was a really entertaining game. Also, Jay Feely. You know, Jay Field, who's been getting better working with him. So I think that those are that's a really good team. So give them a give them a couple of bonus studs for them. No doubt about that. We got less than a minute left in this first hour of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina, week eight in the National Football League concludes tonight with the three and four Kansas City Chiefs hosting the two and five New York Football Giants. That's at 7:15 p.m. on ESPN. Uh ESPN two will carry the Manning brothers. I'm I'm really looking forward to that with what Eli Manning has to say against his um, what, he, what what his critique is going to be against the New York Football Giants, assuming that they just fall flat on, on their face. But uh, back to our quick preview, Lakina, uh, Kansas City has some limited turnovers. Patrick Mahomes, it starts with him. They have to run the ball with some consistency. We all know they can make big plays with tight end Travis Kelsey and wide receivers Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, and Pringle. But mm-hmm. uh, but that it's all about that defense with Kansas City. Will they show up tonight against a lesser opponent? Well, look, it's been a very strange uh, week eight of the NFL. So would it would it shock me if the Giants somehow beat the Chiefs? I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know that a lot of those guys, you know, are, are going to be out. And, you know, um, you know, Barkley's out. You know, Galladay's out, and and uh, look, I think Sir Shepard's you know questionable too. So. Yeah, I mean, you would think you would think they could be they should be able to beat the Chiefs pretty. I mean, the Chiefs should be able to beat the Giants pretty easily. But mm-hmm. again, their defense is is very not very good. And I'm hearing folks say, well, this isn't you know they they haven't been figured out yet and blah blah blah. But okay, yeah, I okay, that's fine. But again, you know, your defense you're going to be especially you're in a very competitive AFC West, especially since you know the Raiders were on by you know, the Chargers lost so. This could mm-hmm. kind of help you guys kind of get back in, into it. But again, your, your defense got to get it together. Well, before we check out of this first hour, Lakina, remember, oh, this, there's some history, recent history between these two teams. Remember what happened 20 years ago mm-hmm. uh, during 9 11? It was the New York Giants' first game 
It was with Tiki Barber, Kerry Collins, yeah. and Michael Strahan, and the rest of those guys. They traveled to Kansas City to to play the the, the Chiefs. Uh, it was the first game after nine and eleven. The uh, the New York Football Giants. They were coming off a Super Bowl appearance the year yeah. before uh, against Baltimore, which they lost um, embarrassingly. But uh, uh, that game is on YouTube for the for those of you who want to check it out before tonight's game. Go and look at that. It was a very Char- charged up emotional, obviously dealing with uh, the tragedies of 9-11. So just want to remind our listeners and viewers that it's the 20th anniversary of, of that game this year. So go check it out on YouTube. It's right there for you. You want to get some historical perspective um, before you uh, uh, check in tonight's game between the Giants and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. When we return, the Chicago Bulls get back on track. The best and worst from the association from over the weekend. We'll review week nine in college football and the World Series continues. You're listening to Second City Sports with Sid and Lakina right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports on the Monday, right here, live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. S I D K I D 80. You follow me at Kina McGee on her Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. If you want to make a comment, or have a question for us uh, during any of our topics uh, or any of our topics during today's show, you could do so typing your questions or comment by checking out our Facebook page at sports zone Chicago, or go to sports zone Chicago on YouTube, place your, 
questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll, do something stupid, just like that stupid fan of the Bulls on last Saturday, uh, Lakina will, will politely give you the beer land beer boot. <laughs> no <Bye>. questions asked. <laughs> I love saying that. I'll do it with a smile, too. Bye-bye. <laughs> and speaking of doing things with a smile, the Chicago Bulls uh, get back on track and improve their record to 5-1 and one as we talk NBA basketball. After losing their first game of the year to the New York Knicks last Thursday, Lakina, the Bulls, the men in red, get back on track with a 107-99 victory over the Utah Jazz. Of course, the Bulls will play the Boston Celtics in Bingtown tonight. We'll give you a quick preview of that game in just a moment. But reviewing last Saturday's win, Lakina, DeMar DeRozan had 32 points in 35 minutes of action, 13 and 22 from the field, 6 to 6 from the foul line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, 6 to 6 from the free throw line. He was good. Javante Green had five points off the bench in 22 minutes of action for the Bulls. I really started to like that young man. Uh, Vucevic had 12 rebounds to go along with 16 points, even though he struggled from the field, only 4 of 19 shooting. Lonzo Ball was uh, was a plus 10 on the floor. He had 11 points and only two assists, but he still made an impact, especially down the stretch. And Zach Levine had 26 points off a 9 and 19 shooting in 34 minutes of action. Yeah, I think this is definitely a great team win for the Bulls. And, you know, look, I think this is what you want. You want guys to mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, circulate out who gets to step up. You know, Zach has a bad has a bad night. DeRozan steps up. If Vucevic has a bad night, you know, De, you know, Zach can step up. You know, Vucevic, you know, can get a double-double. And, you know, kind of, you know, I know he's still struggling shooting, but I think he's starting to find his groove a little bit. So you know, give, I said give him a couple of games so he can find his groove. I know he was four for 19, but, you know, look, he still had 16 points. He has some, you know, big rebounds, especially to kind of seal the win for the Bulls. You know, DeRozan, you know, 32 points, you know, leading the way. And, and look, I look, I know Zach's uh, left, left, left thumb is still going to be kind of an issue. You know, it's going to take a little time to kind of get the pain tolerance, and it's just – Oh, but they knocked the the, the, the Jazz. They were, they were the last of the beaten team in the NBA, the Jazz were. So mm -hmm. they, they you know, knocked them out. And, and, and look, I think this is a, you know, they play great team defense. And, you know, just, you know, Caruso had a couple of another, some more big steals. I mean, had a, had a steal, but also made some big, big defensive stops too. So, yeah. look, I think a really good, solid, you know, a, a really all around good team went for the Bulls against a really good Utah Jazz team. So, I look, I think you'll take it. You know, they're back in the win column. Yeah, and speaking again, back in the win color for Chicago, uh, one of my concerns is going forward, especially now with a second year forward, Patrick Williams, uh, most likely out for the year with an injury. We talked about it on our show on Friday. Who's going to bring that defensive intensity from from the uh, from the uh, not the perimeter from, from the interior, interior. For the Chicago, from the interior for the Chicago Bulls? Um, Tony Tony Bradley, who, who the Bulls picked up over the summer, he had 14 minutes of action. He grabbed four defensive rebounds, uh, uh, four rebounds in total, uh, three on the defensive end. He also had two big block shots. He was a plus 19 on the floor. Lakina, as I said before, maybe uh, Taurus Konishevitz and Mark Eversley may have to address that at the trade deadline, but uh, Tony Bradley did what he had to do in 14 minutes of action last Saturday against the Jazz. I want to see him contribute a little bit more. It's going to have to be a group effort, but who's going to rebound defensively coming off the bench? Because as, as we saw, especially in that, loss, in that loss against the Knicks last Thursday, this team is very small when you take Vucevic off the floor.
Yeah, I think that's going to be the thing. I've heard some people saying, well, maybe bring Thad Young back. Well, they would have to put him on, the Spurs would have to put him on, ra- on waivers first, you know, before that, it has to clear before mm-hmm. the Bears, you know, the Bulls can try to pursue it. But yeah, the interior defense, that, that, that's, a, that's definitely going to be an issue too for the Bulls, especially when they face teams that, that their big guys, you know, actually are mm-hmm. sort of like big out up front. So, but, you know, look, I think, you know, once Vucevic, you know, is out, you know, that they look very small. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to be another thing they're going to have to address. Look, Bradley, I think, is a he's pretty good, you know, that he's more than capable of doing it. Maybe once they kind of get into the mm-hmm. rhythm, I'm sure he'll probably get some starts as well, especially in the interior. So, again, you know, that, look, I think you got some piece to play with and you can kind of, you know, you can kind of sort of see like what what they're gonna do with it. So we'll we'll see what happens with you know, with that. And and then look, I think I see I like where this Bulls team is doing. I like where they're going. So you know that's another concern. But again, we'll 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 I, I'm sure they're already like address trying to find ways to address it. So I'm not worried about you know what they're gonna do. I think that they may have something up their sleeve knowing these two. But we'll see. And speaking of the Bulls, they, as we mentioned at the top of uh, top of the segment, they'll play at the Boston Celtics at TD Bank North Garden tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can see that game on NBC Sports Chicago or NBA Elite Pass for those of you around the country. And those of you that are uh, listening to us in the Boston area, you watch that game on NBC Sports Boston. Mike Gorman and um, one time former Bull, the white mama, Brian Scalabrini, <laughs> will call the action for the Celtics fans. Of course, he's replacing the, le- the late Tommy Heinz, who passed away last yeah. year. Now, let's get into the, a quick preview of tonight's game, Lakina. Of course, the Boston Celtics uh, lost a, a heartbreaker um, on uh, last Saturday in our nation's capital, 115 to 112, uh, to the Washington Wizards, who are five and one right now. Boston's at two and four. Lakina, as you as you always say, uh, uh, the teams that lose and lose uh, a big or in a heartbreaker, they're not going to be. They're going to be in a foul mood. I expect Boston to come out aggressive tonight. Uh, Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum are the two leading stars for the Celtics. Uh, the Bulls, and this, as we said before, they go into the early tough part of their schedule. We're going to see uh, what the Bulls have made up going into uh, a tough environment against a good Boston Celtics team. Don't forget Jalen Brown too. And I, yes. and look, I, I, look, I'm sure they're going to be, I'm sure, like you said, that they lost both those games against the Wizards over the weekend. So, you know, they're probably not going to be in a very good mood. So, but I, I think the Bulls will be ready. I think Dennis Schroeder, I, I'm sure, you know, like where, where, where's he been? So it, it's definitely <laughs> one of those. Yeah. I mean, look, it could be, this definitely going to be a, a trap game for the Bulls. I think, look, the boss is still Boston. So I'm sure they got a new coaching staff now. So I think that they're gonna have to. They're gonna they're, they kind of play more of like the bull style. So it'll definitely be like mm-hmm. one of those like race to 120 wins. And and look, I think you know Boston they're, they're two and four. They've lost a couple of heartbreakers. And like I think the Bulls will be ready tonight. I don't know if they you know, look. I, I'm sure they should be able to win this game, but you know you never know. Yeah, you never know. I, I expect it. I don't know if the scoring is going to be that high, but. Uh, if it if it is, I expect the Bulls to keep up. Like you said, uh, how are you going to defend Jason Tatum? How many how many times are you going to double team him? And and if it's that's successful, uh, what, what are you going to do with Jalen Brown? I think he's a, one of the best athletic young players in the league, and he uh, and he's hard to stop when he gets it going. So, and we all know that Marcus Smart is an all around player for that team. He brings it all in offensively, but defensively as well. So I want to see how many times he's going to be matched up with DeRozan and, and Zach Levine. And so that's going to be a very interesting matchup for fans to pay attention to tonight. 
Should yeah, but it should be a pretty entertaining game. Like I said before, Tatum versus Levine. That's that's always a mm-hmm. that should be a fun one between those two. And it looks should be a should be a very fun and entertaining game. Absolutely. What's other what are kind of like caught your eye in the NBA this weekend? Uh, Kevin Durant acting like a fool, throwing the ball into the stands in a, in last Friday's win against the Indiana Pacers. He was fined twenty five thousand dollars for, it, even though you he wasn't ejected. But uh, the Nets got back on track over the weekend, winning their two home games last Friday against the Pacers, and then last night against the lowly Detroit Pistons. Uh, uh the Nets it looks like they're starting to pick things up a little a little bit. Uh, will Kyrie uh, rejoin his team at, at some point this season? So far, the answer is no. But it looks like Brooklyn's getting back on track. The Miami Heat, uh, in front of a national audience last Friday, they got it done against the uh, Charlotte Hornets, 114-99. Jimmy Butler led, uh, led all scores with 32 points and 10 rebounds. And they followed it up uh, last Saturday with a back-to-back win against the crush of the Memphis Grizzlies at home. So don't sleep on the Miami Heat just yet. <laughs> Yeah, I know. A good friend of Lana Tagawa would be happy about saying that right now. Yeah, I, I know. I know she's probably like, I'm sure I heard her tweet a couple of times over the weekend that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, y'all sleep on us. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, but, uh, but look, I, look, I think, I think Miami could be right up there with the Bulls. I think mm-hmm. they could be right up there for a three or four slot. I mean, look, outside of the Nets, outside of the Bucks, who's the number three team? And I think, look at the, mm-hmm. the, look at the Heat play the way they've been playing. You know, they're four and one right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think, yeah, I mean, can, can it be kind of, you know, challenge for a number three seed? I mean, look, Bam, Bam and Abayo had 20, had double-double 26-19 mm-hmm. in that game. Tyler Hero continues to really be productive off the bench. So I think Spolstro yeah. is going to keep him coming off the bench since he actually has been pretty productive about it. So it'll be interesting. And um, Reviewing uh, Saturday's action, uh, the – Indiana Pacers uh, um, um, dropped to one and six on the year after losing a heartbreaker to the Toronto Raptors, 97-94. Of course, the Raptors are still without Pascal Siakam, but uh, Scotty Barnes had a big game for the Raptors, 21 points and 12 rebounds. Toronto improves their record to four and three. The Philadelphia 76ers crushed the Atlanta Hawks. This was their first game since last year's playoffs. Uh, Atlanta's getting out to a struggling start. I think they have a game coming up on Wednesday against mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets on ESPN. We'll give you the schedule for the week ahead in just a moment. But the Hawks look totally out of it early. Yeah. And, and Philadelphia uh, took advantage of it. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, had an 0 for this weekend. Yeah. They lost to the Utah Jazz last night. And they lost to the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday, 102-93. Shout out to Stephen Bartle, Chicago's very young, and a member of the Flying Illini from 1989. He still calls games, college basketball games for Fox and in the Big Ten Network, but he's the backup color analyst for the Milwaukee uh, Bucks television network. He was subbing in for Marcus Johnson over the weekend. He sounded great. So uh, shout out to Stephen Bartle. But the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, they have some guys that are injured right now, especially with Bobby Portis and a couple mm-hmm. other uh, role players. But uh, Giannis can't, and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Milton, they still doing their thing, but both those guys can't do it all. They got to get some help. And did you check out that alley you dealt from George Hill on mm-hmm. Saturday? Yes. <laughs> and Stephen Bartle on the telecast. <laughs> and he went back all the way back to uh, slam, yep. <laughs> slam, slam dump that one. So to the fountain yeah. of youth. So that was a great play by George Hill. But if you're a Bucks fan, you could be a little bit worried, but you're not too worried right now. You're not. 
I know, yeah, I know they're three and four right now, and they've lost a couple mm-hmm. of tough ones, like you said, Sid. But, but look, you know, they, you know, they got guys hurt right now, so I, I think that you know, Mil, you know, Milton, you know, was you know, out doing to an illness, non-COVID related. I think that's what you know people want to you mm-hmm. know specify that. But yeah, I mean, I think look, Giannis and I think George Allen had eighteen too. Mm-hmm. You know, Portis had fifteen off the bench, but look, I think Giannis can't do it all by himself, and I, and I think that's sort of like another reason. That maybe they lost that game against Utah, but again, you know they're not. I I'm now. I you should people shouldn't be worried. They're the Bucks, right? The Bucks fan. You shouldn't be worried right now. I think. Look, this is sort of ebbs and flows of the season. Guys are gonna get banged up. Guys might have the flu or non-COVID related folks. You know, just that might should preface that, but. You know, you got look. They're going to be fine. I think the Bucks. I wouldn't be too worried about the Bucks right now. So, mm-hmm. let let's let, let's be be careful on that. But the Lakers had a pretty good uh, showing. You know, they beat the like, mm-hmm. the Cavs and they beat the they beat Houston yesterday. Yeah, they were a little bit closer. You know, that they probably think they should beat. But look, Carmelo's still you know doing his. You know, still still you know he's kind of the one guy that's probably been sort of <laughs> like you know. Adjusted very well to this new you know, Lakers yeah. team. He had 23 off the bench yesterday. Um, last night, I should say, you know, Russell Russell had 20 and you know, and nine assists. You know, LeBron only had 15, but he really didn't. You know, look, you're, look, you really had to do too much. That's probably the, look. You're gonna probably get only 15 and 20 points from LeBron, probably like all season. Excuse me, because with everything, you know, all the other guys that he get. Look, like I said before, it's gonna take a couple of games for these, some games for these guys start to, you know you know, meshed well together, but you know, there's they're four and three now. And I think, you know, Lakers fans should calm calm down a little bit. Speaking of their Lakers game, I did watch that game last night in its entirety via my computer. Mm-hmm. And, and and you mentioned the balance scoring for the Lakers. Uh, this is what happens when you play defense and when you share the ball. And when you do those two things, uh, that's what's going to happen. Now Carmelo Anthony when he first came into the game last night, he had 14 points in seven minutes. He couldn't miss right off the bat. Right, and it was a great moment for him and for his teammates and for the crowd at the at the Staples Center last night. But but as we said, Lakina, before the season started, this team offensively goes through Anthony Davis. Like you said, LeBron James is not going to score 25, 30 points anymore. He it shouldn't have to depend on him to do it every night. And Russell Westbrook, and we didn't get to it last week, Lakina, but I know he had that outburst with that dunk at OKC in which mm-hmm. he got upset, and we won't go into it too much, but uh, Russell Westbrook uh, uh, channel uh, channel his uh, emotions that he played the well of a game la- last night, and so this is what balanced scoring does to a superstar team like this, which each guy knowing their role. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is what happens now. Carmelo looks like he's going to be uh, the number one guy coming off the bench for the Lakers. Also, pay attention uh, to this player as well because remember the Lakers struggled with outside shooting last year. Kent Baseball, one time Atlanta yeah. Hawk, one time a uh, Portland Trailblazer. He stepped in and had a nice game last night as well. So uh, pay attention to those two guys, Kent Bazemore and Carmelo Anthony, as your top two scorers and perhaps top two outside shooters uh, coming in off the bench for the Lakers. Well, and I think that's going to be the key, their three-point shooting, because that was mm-hmm. sort of like the thing that killed them in the in the playoffs last year. They couldn't shoot a three, so – you know, have a base more than to kind of help out. Hopefully he can kind of, he can contribute now an up and down week for uh, Portland, Portland beat the Clippers, but they mm-hmm. lost a, but they lost a tough one to Charlotte. So if you're the trailblazers, you're, I believe they're what four and five right now or four and three or so oh, three and mm-hmm. three, I should say, you know, if you're Portland and if you're Damian Lillard, you're probably thinking like, okay, what's, you know, what's going on here? Let's everybody kind of get together and look, they can't blame injuries because injuries, you know, hasn't, 
mm-hmm. hasn't really been an issue for them. Yeah, if you're Portland, you always, they were one of those teams that was knocking at the door the last few years, as we mentioned, but they just couldn't get over it because of Golden State or, or what have you because of injuries to uh, to their key stars. And so uh, this is what when you were in mediocrity, especially in a tough conference as the West. And so, like you said, Damian Lillard, he says he wants to stay, but we'll see what happens uh, with him and that, and that team going forward. Another top team in the Western Conference that had a great weekend, the Denver Nuggets. Last Friday, they blew mm-hmm. out the Dallas Mavericks on ESPN in front of a national audience at home. And then, of course, uh, last Saturday, as they traveled to Minneapolis, they defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves by the score of 93-91. And what with Jamal Murray still being out, you know, he I think I'll think he'll be back till around like December or January. That's sort of like that's the last I checked. So, uh, look, I think look, Jokic is still doing this thing. I know he got banged up a little bit. I think people were kind of worried that day he get hurt, but it turns out it wasn't as serious. I think he just hyperextended. But you know, look, he looked really good. You know that look that game against you know Dallas, they just blew they just blew the doors off of Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> like right that that was just crazy. Um, you know, Will Barton had seventeen points leading the way there, and I and, and look, I think you know I think Denver Denver kind of stayed there. They've had their struggles a little bit this you know early on. You. On uh, they're at, they're right at five hundred, but look, I think Denver looked really good. Uh, I did watch some of that game live via my computer. Between that and the Bulls game, uh, Minnesota, I know they're at five hundred right now to start the year. But are they? Could they be a surprise team in the league? Talk to me in about a month. But they still have uh, great all young all star talent in D'Angelo Russell, the point guard, and. Carl Anthony Towns, two bays on the Bulls uniform, but that's a whole nother issue. But they have Chicago's very own Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly bringing it on on the on defensive end. We saw what he's been doing throughout his career on various winning teams. So Minnesota, I, I'm not going to call them a surprise team yet. Like I said, talk to me in a month. But they competed hard against Denver. They just couldn't come out with a victory. Well, yeah, and they're playing for new ownership too, with new ownership yeah. too in mind. So I think once I think they're trying to see what you know how what they have and how they look. You know, we'll see if Carl Anthony Towns does decide to to ask for a trade, but you know, we'll we'll see. That that should be you know, look. We'll see what happens. I think Minnesota's actually looked pretty good so far. Um, let's go to yeah, let's go to the uh this week coming up this weekend. Some good ones here tonight. Of course, you got the Bulls and Celtics. Of course. Um, the, the Raptors and uh, the Knicks, that should be a good one. That's just a 6 on NBA TV. Also, you got Denver and Memphis. That should be a fun mm-hmm. one, too. Also, San Antonio, Indiana, and also Portland and Philly. That should be a fun one at 6 o'clock. Yeah, Portland and Philly. I want to get into that matchup for a minute. Could this be a preview of Damian Lillard um, auditioning for the Philadelphia 76ers? We're not so sure, but we'll see what happens with that. Of course, Ben Simmons, uh, the disgruntled superstar for Philadelphia, is still out. Um, of course, um, we all know that he's waiting to be traded in the day now, so we'll see what happens with that. And also another uh, matchup tonight, I'm look, really looking forward to this one. Memphis, even though they're 3-3, three and three, they still had a strong start to the season. They'll host the different Nuggets tonight from FedEx Forum in Memphis at 7 p.m. I'm really looking forward to this game as well. John Morant. Uh, one of the top young stars in the league. He's uh, He has a 28.7 points per game average. And, of course, he's facing uh, Nikolai Jokic, the defending MVP, who's averaging 24 points per game for Denver. Should be a fun one down there in Memphis. Tomorrow's matchup, we got, we got a couple of good ones, Miami and Dallas. That's the first of the TNT Tuesday doubleheader. That's at 6.30. That should be a fun one. Yeah, Jimmy Butler against uh, – against Jokic. Luka. 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 Lu
Yeah, sorry, as my screen decides to act up, unfortunately. Um, that should be a good game. Jimmy Butler, as we mentioned with the Miami, he's, uh, he's part of the strong 5-1 start for that team in South Beach, Florida. Dallas is at 4-2. They defeated Sacramento yesterday after losing big on Friday. Also, too, at 8 p.m. the uh, tomorrow night, the Utah Jazz will host the Sacramento Kings, as we just mentioned a moment ago. Uh, the second part of that TNT doubleheader tomorrow night, the Phoenix Suns, will host the Zion Williamson-less New Orleans Pelicans. And then, of course, yeah. at 9.30 p.m., the Lakers and Rockets will wrap up the two-game series at Staples Center. Yeah, I think they just played a couple of days ago, too. So I think if you're the mm -hmm. Lakers, I think you're going to try to go for the over on that one. Uh, Wednesday, uh, New York and Indiana, that should be an interesting one. Also, too, you got the Bulls and the Sixers, you know, another part of that tough stretch for Bulls they got coming up for these mm -hmm. next couple of weeks. That should be a fun one, Joel, and beat against uh, Zach Levine. That should, be a, that should be a lot of fun. And uh, Tony Bradley Jr., you know, he was kind of like the stopper last year when he was with the, with the Sixers. So... I'm yeah. sure he's gonna wanna, you know, do a little, you know, do a little favor to help the Bulls win that game. Should be a fun one. Yeah, but continuing with our Wednesday schedule at six o'clock, we'll have the Toronto Raptors traveling to our nation's capital to face the surprising five and one Washington Wizards. As we mentioned, ESPN will have a double header on Wednesday. The first game will be Atlanta at Brooklyn. At seven o'clock, we'll have the Nuggets and Grizzlies wrapping up a two-game series in Memphis. The Clippers and the Timberwolves will play each other in the Target Center at the same time. Mavericks and the Spurs at 7.30. Uh, the second game of the ESPN doubleheader on Wednesday will feature the Charlotte Hornets, a surprising 5-2 Charlotte Hornets, taking on the Golden State Warriors. Ooh, that should be a, a lot of fun. Also, too, that Denver-Memphis one at 7 o'clock, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, a very good slate for Thursday and on for Wednesday, I should say, and for Thursday. Now, remember, there are no none of these games are going to be on TNT. These are literally scheduled to be on TNT. But with football going on now, they've moved some of those games to NBA TV. That's where the double header will be at mm -hmm. Utah. But first, though, Utah and Atlanta, six thirty. That should be a fun one. That first game on TNT at six thirty. That same time, you got Boston and Miami. That should be a lot of fun. That should yeah. be a lot of fun. You know, Jason Tatum versus Jimmy Butler. And also Houston and Phoenix. That's the second game of the NBA TV doubleheader. Yeah, Houston and Phoenix. <clears throat> that should be a whole lot of fun as a young Rockets team uh, against an experienced uh, Phoenix Suns team. And this looks like the Suns are starting to get on a roll here a little bit with Chris Paul. Devin Booker had a nice game on Saturday uh, against Cleveland. And DeAndre Aiden is, is looking forward to um, getting back to being one of the top young big men uh, in the game. I know he's looking for a contract extension from the team. We'll see what mm -hmm. happens with that. And so uh, look out for Phoenix as well. I know they're trying to prove, uh, prove to people that last year was not a fluke. And uh, they're one of the teams to be re reckoned with in the Western Conference. And wrapping up the Thursday schedule at 930, it'll be the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Los Angeles Lakers. They're gonna want. I'm sure the Lakers are gonna want revenge after letting that lead some away in OKC earlier last week. <laughs> and Russell Westbrook will go off. At least try oh to yeah, <laughs> triple double for. Don't be surprised to get a triple double from uh, Russell right. Westbrook. And uh, let's. Is there anything else in the NBA that kind of you know caught your attention over the weekend? Uh, real quick, not to give this idiot too much attention, but uh, following the Bulls win over the Jazz last Saturday, NBC Sports Chicago of course have their post-game show with Jason Goff. Hopefully we can get him on this program soon. Uh, he's joined by uh, uh, Real Purdue and Kendall Gilbert. It was just Jason and Kendall last Saturday night. Also, it was Tony Kukoc tonight. He was honored before the game, mm -hmm. of course, 
Tony Kukoc is now the member of the newest member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. It was an idiot fan that decided to jump in front of the camera at the United. So this was uh, the 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 crew's uh, first game at uh, pre and post game telecast live from the United Center of the season. Of course, it was Halloween, so I get it. Right. This idiot fan with a red wig and a Tony Kukoc jersey decided to jump in front of the camera for about four seconds before the nice people behind the scenes, the camera crew decided to shove this idiot off the set. And Jason mm-hmm. and Jason's like, you don't want to do stupid stuff like that. And Kendall Gill said, uh, no, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> and so they, they kept their cool. Thank goodness nothing serious happened. But uh, Lakina, I'm all for fans being excited and being happy. Right. We all want to be seen on camera, but to do something stupid like that, he got what he deserved. And if you guys want to see the evidence, go to Jason Golf on Twitter and Instagram. He he has to he has his that picture up as his profile now. <laughs> yeah, I know that's actually pretty cool. But yeah, look, you know, look, let's not let's not you know let, let's keep it short as we let's not you know yeah let, let's not get you know get this guy any kind of you know grievance because I think I because I think that those are the kind of things that's why people do stupid stuff so that yeah that, that yeah. kind of thing. So let, let's you know, let's keep that guy you know like anything else. But we won't. Give them any kind of grease, but yeah, this is sort of the reason why people don't want to go to uh, the stuff the stadiums anymore. They rather watch games from the you know, the comfort and safety of their own home. So, just a thought. Exactly. Yeah, that fool got what he deserved, and we'll leave it at that. Like, yep. you know, we got a couple minutes left before we had to uh, hit the bottom of the hour break. Uh, the 2021 World Series will continue between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. The Astros got a big win to hold off elimination in Game 5 with a big 9-5 to victory. Adam Duvall hit a grand slam in the first inning for the Atlanta mm-hmm. Braves. He's only the third player to do that in MLB history, of course. The... Astros came back uh, with a run of their own scoring in the next three innings. Lakina, Atlanta, uh, the, uh, even though the last two two game potential two games will uh, game six will be tomorrow night in in uh, in Houston. Of course, the Braves lead the best of seven series three games to two. Lakina, Atlanta better win it tomorrow night. If not, you definitely do not want to face a game seven on the road in Houston. Now, Houston was in this position. A couple of years ago against the Washington yep. Nationals, and they lost Game Seven uh, on their home field. Uh, I'm sure they they definitely don't want history to repeat them repeat itself two two years uh, later. But uh, Atlanta, they blew a golden opportunity. Their starting pitching was not was not good, but they still have a chance to close it out tomorrow night. I think they still have momentum. I know it's clearly on Houston side since they won the game, but if Atlanta can jump out on Houston early like they did in the first game of, of this series. Uh, they, they should be fine, but if they don't, uh, it's going to be a long night in game six tomorrow on the road. Well, here's the thing, though. This is only the third time that, you know, in World Series history, the team overcame a 4-1 deficit to win face, face elimination. The last thing to do that was the 0-2 Angels in game six, who mm-hmm. were up against the Giants. Who managed that team? Dusty Baker. So yeah. I'm, you know, look, I'm not saying that this is going to be the case here. Of course, Atlanta still has the advantage because they're still up three games to two. But look, you like Martin Maldonado, I mean, who I don't want to say we haven't heard much from him this postseason, but the fact that he kind of, you know, led that offense. Yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, that that's not that. I guess some people will say tonight's not your that's not your night to uh, to do it, but to clinch it. But um, let me see, let me see who uh, you know. Zach Greinke had you know, a good showing too. To kind of like he had a mm-hmm. pinch hit too. I think he's just the first. I think like the first guy to do that in like for like in like about ninety years or something like that. <laughs> have a pinch hit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true. Yeah, so uh, the first pitch to do that. So you know, since like in, like ninety years, so that's uh, good for him. But uh, yeah, I'm look. 
I'm not saying that the Astros can come back and win it. You know, I had Astros in six. It'll be Max Fried against Luis Garcia for in game six. If you're Garcia, you didn't have a good showing in that in game in game one. So you want to kind of redeem yourself. So yeah. you, you may you may see some other guys too. You may see do like a like a pitching by like bullpen kind of thing, but I'm not look, I know I had the Astros in six. I'm gonna go back and say I think Astros in seven. I'll to save face, I'll say that. <laughs> of course, I had the Atlanta Braves in set seven, so I'm still looking good uh, technically as of now. But uh, a couple of these things, be- because I know we're going up against it, uh, going to our bottom of the hour break. One, the Houston Astros bullpen, which I was uh, in question about throughout this playoff run, they actually showed up last night in Game Five, and so that's what happens when you have uh, nine runs, uh, nine runs of support on on the scoreboard. And speaking of the nine runs that Houston scored last night, all of them came without. I repeat, without the home run. So if you're the, you're the White Sox mm-hmm. uh, for next year, you got to learn. You know the home runs are nice. We all love them, but sometimes, especially in the playoffs, you got to score runs without the home run. If you could do that mm-hmm. w- with that great starting pitching, you'll win the majority of the time. Going back to that 2002 World Series, Lakina, I remember watching that game six against the Angels. On, it was on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I remember in that sixth inning, Fox was showing a, a highlight reel of Barry Bonds' uh, career achievements yep. up to that point. Yes. And I, was, I had that sinky feeling in my stomach. And I was looking at my <laughs> friend. I said, I bet you San Francisco is going to lose this. Now, it turned out they lost game six. Of course, they got embarrassed in game seven. They lost the World Series. But up until <laughs> that time, you thought the Giants were going to win because Barry Bonds was having a great World Series. Even though he was yeah, being walked right? a bunch of times, he had about three or four home runs in that World Series. He had a ridiculous bat- batting average just off the charts. But after that, man, the Angels with that monk- uh, rally monkey in the seventh inning and, and, and the rest was history. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure uh, Dusty would love to exercise those demons. So, yeah. you know, from that other you know disappointments too. So this could this this could go seven, but it should be a fun one. And but the Ravens have been have not been been very good. But maybe especially if it goes seven, you know, we might they might get some pretty good rains. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. We hit the bottom of the hour on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. On the flip side, we'll wrap up today's show by reviewing uh, week nine's action from last Saturday in college football. And plus, we'll have a whole lot more information and fun. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning fast updates so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. 
what a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry crack skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports, uh, live and in living color for a Monday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we wrap up today's show. Lakina, before we before we get to our, our, our last segment, if you want to have a question or comment for us uh, uh, for any of our topics during today's show, since we have um, at least 20 minutes left in the show, you can go to our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, place your questions and comments in the comments section. Any of our topics that we discussed today, uh, you can put them in the comments section. Lakina will get them up and running for you. And if you decide to do something stupid or to troll or disagree, uh, being disrespectful, Lakina will politely give you the bill and beer boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I like saying that. <laughs> but we, we trust our audience. We have a great audience, and uh, you guys are great. So uh, keep those questions and comments coming. And please keep listening and watching us. Uh, on on sports zone Chicago and get the word out, please, please. We love doing what we do. Now let's review uh, week nine. That was last Saturday from the world of college football. It was lit as the kids would say, let's start off in sec action. The number one team in the land, the Georgia Bulldogs had no problem with the Florida Gators. They defeated the Georgia defeated Florida 34, seven Stenson Bennett, uh, 10 of 19, 161 yards in the touchdown for Georgia. Zamir white, Ran the ball 14 times for 105 yards and a touchdown. And Karius Jackson had three catches to 59 yards and a score. Yeah, I mean, um, look, Georgia is showing you why they're number one. And they've already wrapped up the SEC East. So, you know, Kentucky lost. You know, Kentucky lost. So, you know, they, they've already got the division uh, wrapped up. So another big showing by their by their defense as well. And, and, and look, I, I think they're showing you why they're number one right now. And. It's just, you know, he had a couple of interceptions, Bennett did, but that was kind of like late in the game. It really didn't matter at, at that mm-hmm. point. So, you know, in, in Florida, you're, you're kind of like stuck in a crossroad. I think you may have to do some personnel changes, if you will. Maybe Dan Mullen might, some people were saying maybe maybe Dan Mullen should be like out. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, look, I don't know if, you know, we get to that point, gotten to that point yet, but, you know, look, I think Georgia's number one and they're not really, really relinquishing it right now. Speaking of, the, speaking of the number two team in the land, the Cincinnati Bearcats had little trouble with Tulane 31-12. Desmond Ryder, could he, could he be a Heisman candidate? Maybe. He was 17-27 with 227 yards and three touchdown passes. Yeah, it's yeah, they kind of yeah, they kind of let Tulane hang around a little bit. I mean, you know, playing around with their competition, you know, playing down their competition for a little bit in that first half. Not exactly a good choice, especially with the, the the playoff ranking starting to come out tomorrow night. So that's not a good impression that you want to leave. But you know, look, they they pulled away late. You know, Ritter did his thing, and then they won. You know, they they you know, they beat it pretty handily in the end. So I I wouldn't be too well about it. 
The number four team in the land, the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, blew out the Texas Tech 52-21. Another Heisman can candidate, Caleb Williams, was 23 at 34, 402 yards and six touchdown passes. And Marvin Sir? Mims, yeah, and Marvin Mims, the uh, stud-out wide receiver for, for OU, four catches, 135 yards and two scores. Third, yeah, Williams, the third player to you know throw have at least six passing touchdowns, no interceptions in the game. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, that's pretty good company. And also, he's, he's also the first true freshman to do that. So mm -hmm. just, just a, you know, again, this is a guy that didn't start playing football until his senior year in high school. So this just shows you how amazing he is. Um, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, you know, pulled away from Penn State. I, I mean, like, I think Ohio mm -hmm. State's kind of quietly kind of like, you know, Oh, no one's talking about us. Okay. You know, CJ Stroud had a touchdown pass. <laughs> and, you know, Travion Henderson, he could probably be a guy that could be right there for the highest. We had 152 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, but the defense kind of like helped keep Penn State at bay. And look, I think, you know, Ohio State's sort of like, well, no one's paying attention to us. Okay. You know, where they're just trolling along, you know, la, 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 you know, like, oh, no one's paying attention to us. And they, look, if you're Ryan Day, you're fine with that. <laughs> Uh, Penn State, I thought they were really going to they, they were going to pull it out. They were right there for the most part, but like you said, Ohio State made a couple of uh, big plays down the stretch to uh, to clinch the 33-24 victory. Ohio State improves their record to seven and one, five and zero in the Big Ten. Penn State is now five and three, two and three in Big Ten action. And speaking of the Big Ten, I, I had this game on from start to finish. Lakina, it was the number six ranked Michigan Wolverines going down by four after blowing a sixteen point lead to. Number eight ranked Michigan State Spartans, 37-33. Sh shout out to Mel Tucker. Uh, he was very emotional with Jenny Taft from Fox after the game. Kane McNamara <laughs> for Michigan was 28-44, 383 yards to two touchdowns. But he had that critical interception uh, that sealed the deal for the Spartans. Kenneth Walker, the third for Michigan State, he could be a Heisman candidate as well. 23 carries, 197 yards, and five touchdowns. And Andre Anthony for Michigan, six catches, 155 yards, and two touchdown catches. Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened to the, uh, to the defense for Michigan after that. I mean, that that mm -hmm. was just – They took I, the foot I, off the gas and they got yeah, caught. Yeah, and that was a problem. I think that was a yep. problem. They should have been more – they should they, sh they should have known that – that they were going to give the ball to Walker the third, and the fact that they didn't. I mean, look, you know, props to Mel Tucker. Look, it was actually Nick Saban who he worked for that actually called, you know, told Tom Izzo to call to tell the, the AD at the time, you know, look, maybe you should look at Mel Tucker, my, my buddy Mel Tucker. Remember, Nick Saban coached her for a little bit during the early 2000s. Actually, was his assistant, you know, yeah. Tucker was, and, you know, told, you know, you know, Tom Izzo that, you know what, maybe look, maybe you should give this guy a call. And look, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of, you know, USC, you know, he's also out there. But one of the reasons why he went back to Michigan was that, you know, Michigan State was that, you know, his parents are, you know, close by, you know, they're old, they're of older age, you know, he wants to keep an eye on them and be near them. So that's why he, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Michigan State's got enough money to kind of, you know, bump up his salary. So that's, that won't be a problem. But look, a nice showing from Michigan State. Still, still a lot to do though in that conference. We'll get to that in, in, the, in the division. So we'll get to that in a second, but you know, Oregon had a good showing, you know, beating mm -hmm. Colorado pretty easily. And look, there were, those were such a garbage touchdowns late, so it really wasn't a big, big, big deal. But <laughs> look, Anthony, look, Anthony Brown Jr. had you know, a nice showing there, 307 yards. I think he had, a, I think he had a touchdown, a run too, if I'm not mistaken. But also, Kelvin Thibodeau, you know, did what, you know, did what, did his thing too. So, you know, but I think, look, if Oregon can kind of sneak back up there too, you know, I know that I know that Stanford loss is bad, but look, they should have won that game, but whatever. But you know, they're kind of sneaking along there too. You know, they're still right there for the uh, 
for the uh you know the, for the Pac-12 perhaps may another spot, but they got a tough one this weekend. We'll get to that in a second. But you know, what do you think about that? What do you think about that game? Uh, you're talking about Oregon, yeah, they did what they had to do. Like I said, Colorado is terrible. So Oregon, I'm not saying they're going to be right there for the uh, uh, college football playoff, but they could be there for the Pac-12 title game. It depends on who they play. So uh, it was a nice showing for, for Oregon. Uh, going back to, to to the Big Ten, as you you were alluding to, number nine, Iowa, the Hawkeyes were upset at Camp Randall's. The Wisconsin Badgers defeated them by 20 27 to seven, and Graham Mertz for Wisconsin was 11 to 22, 104 yards in the touchdown. But it was the running game that got it done for Wisconsin. Braylon Allen, 20 carries for 104 yards. Danny Davis, the third, had five catches for 59 yards. I did turn to this game for a little bit, uh, Lakina, as you've been alluding to these last couple of weeks. Wisconsin, after that bad start, they started to turn it around. They are now five and three on the year. I believe they win, so their last four, four in a row. Yeah, so they could look. Mertz has, you know. Kind of playing like the guy that you would that you think you had a couple of touchdown runs as well. And I look, look. I mean, I think I think we I think we overestimated Iowa a few weeks ago. You know, they were the number two team in the mm-hmm. country, but they've been oh god, they they've given up a lot of you know, a lot of big offensive drives. And that I yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think yeah, we overestimated them. I think, but you know, but look, go for Wisconsin. They're getting hot at the right time. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday edition. We're live in the Living Color City. Lakina with you on Sports Zone Chicago's review some of the top games from last Saturday in Week Nine's college football action. Uh, let's go to the SEC. Uh, number ten Ole Miss. They were upset by number eighteen Auburn. The Tigers get it done, 31-20. Matt Corral for for Ole Miss was twenty-one and thirty-seven, two hundred eighty-nine yards in the interception. But uh, Tank Bisbee got it done for Auburn. 23 carries, 140 yards, rushing, and a touchdown. Auburn's in the driver's seat in the SEC West. Yep. They're ahead of, you know, they're, they're ahead of uh, Alabama right now. So they they could, they're in the driver's seat. They, they've got the, they've got the keys right now in that division. So, you know, that's a, the, 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 the team they lost to in the tie break, they, you know, they, they, they lost their last couple. So now Auburn's in the driver's seat in that, you know, SEC West. Mm-hmm. So look out for the Tigers. You know, they look, I think look, Bo Nix is starting to, I know Bo, Bo Nix has had a kind of had an up and down season, but he's looked good the last couple of games. Uh, you know, Trion Bigsby, you know, the, he had a rushing, a rushing touchdown, 148 yards, you know, Tank Bigsby, what a name. Uh, but yeah, it was really their defense that kind of helped propel that, you know, you know, they had three sacks. So, that's that's pretty yeah. I mean, like I said before, look out for Auburn. And look out for this team. It's Lakina loves to uh, at least has an axe to grind with this team for for this season. The number eleven ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They get it done, defeating the North Carolina Tar Heels forty four to thirty four. Kyron Williams, the stud running back for the Irish, twenty two carries, one hundred ninety nine yards, and a touchdown. Lakina, I thought North Carolina was going to do it. I thought they were going to be like uh, Cincinnati to, to go up to South Bend and pull off the upset, but it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, a couple of, yeah, their defense, they're, they've been decimated by injuries on the defensive side. So that just, yeah, that's why, that's why they're, they're kind of like where they are right now. North Carolina is so, you know, okay, let's get right to, uh, uh, uh <laughs> as I was talking about that, like I was talking about that upset, you know, Kentucky was upset by, mm-hmm. You know Shane. You know Shane Beaver's Mississippi State. Oh no, uh, Mike Leach's Mississippi Mississippi State team. I should say. Uh, you know Kentucky. Look again. You want to show people that you are for real, but you lose to a, a pretty good Mississippi State team. Not not you know not great, but they're still pretty good. You know they're five and three. You know three three interceptions by uh, Will Levis, and that that's just that that kind of killed them. 
In Big 12 action, I did uh, turn to this game for a couple of minutes. It was number 16, Baylor. The Bears uh, hold off the Texas Longhorns, Longhorns 31-24. Uh, Abram Smith, uh, Baylor's stud running back, 20 carries, 100, 113 yards in a score. Yeah, Baylor's still trying to get in the outside, you know, getting the thick of it, trying to get in that top two in the Big 12, you know, to go to the championship game. They could do it, but a lot has to happen for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ooh, pardon me. Uh, Pittsburgh and Miami. Miami, you know, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, broke a lot mm-hmm. of the passing records. You know, I think there was one with, you know, that Marino had, I think, like, most touchdown, like, passes, I, I believe, that stood there for, like, over 40, almost 40 years, or over 40 years, I should say. Mm-hmm. But... I, it looks like Miami might have found their quarterback. Um, you know, t- Tyler Van Dyke, you know, had three touchdown passes and, you know, 426 yards. They're, you know, it was this was over a slugfest. So it, over at a Heinz Field, but uh, they looked, you know, Miami actually looked the best they looked in like the last couple of weeks. Yep. So they get get it done at Pittsburgh 38-34. Uh, we know how much you love your West Coast football, Lakina. Uh, that's the number one twenty-one ranked San Diego State Aztecs. They go down to Fresno State, losing by 10, 30 to 20. And the Fresno State improves their record to 72. San Diego State with their first loss of the year at seven and one. No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, for Fresno State, Jake uh, Hayner was 25 of 42 for 306 yards and a touchdown. And for Josh Kelly, five catches for 107 yards. Jordan Mims, uh, the stud running back, 29 carries, 186 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, if he was playing in like you know the Pac-12, you probably get some attention for some Heisman. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's been really good. Um, uh, and look, I mean, Fresno State's had this thing where beating, you know, their fellow Mountain West teams are kind of like the really undefeated seeds. You know, they did it to Boise State a couple of years ago, some years back. I think they did. So I think like San Diego, San, Diego, San Jose State, I should say. And now they've done it to San Diego State. You know, Brady, the Franny Brady hoax in the Aztecs. So, you know, a nice win for that program. You know, they're kind of starting to, you know, kind of be on the come up, if you will, because there were some people that said that maybe they should have gotten rid of the football program. But, you know, they got a new regime there, and look, they've looked really good so far. They're 7-2, and two, and they might be going to a pretty good bowl game. Uh, Iowa State. Now, I told you about this. This uh, West Virginia beats Iowa State 38-31, kind of der- you know, der- derailing their chance, of, uh, the Cyclones' chance of being in the top three, in the top two, in the Big 12 to the championship game. Yeah, West Virginia, we all know they can score with the best best of them in the country. Of course, Iowa, Iowa State, they come from the Big 12 as well. So we knew this was going to be a shootout, but West Virginia just had a little bit more bullets in the gun than Iowa State. And so uh, it's, it's not surprising. I think you called it on Friday, and, and that's exactly what happened. Give props to Jerry Dodge, uh, 30 or 46 mm-hmm. for 370 yards and three touchdowns. And Bryce Ford Wheaton, that's still wide receiver for West Virginia. Six catches, 106 yards, and two scores. Yeah, a very good showing by the Mountaineers. Um, this one was kind of a slugfest. This, this, you know, they scored, these two teams scored 80 points before it got to halftime, but BYU pulled away late 66-49 <laughs> over Virginia. Yeah, I know. What's a nice their basketball teams? That was like a basketball score. That probably could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, T- Taylor Allegier had, had 266 yards and five touchdowns. Like I said before, keeping up with the theme, if he was in like you know a little further in the East Coast, he probably wouldn't be you know looking at for yeah. like some Heisman consideration because yeah, I think he had about like eight, like about twenty touchdowns, rush touchdowns this season. But also, to Jaron Hall had three hundred forty nine yards, three touchdowns, so uh, you know a good showing for the Cougs. And wrapping up, uh, well, now yeah, we're wrapping up the college football um, 
football action from week nine. Let's go to the unranked teams. Uh, let's go local Lakina down in Champaign, Urbana. The final line, I their record now drops to three and six after losing to Rutgers 20 to 14. Isaiah Paccio for Rutgers had 21 carries for 91 yards. Nor Vedral had had a, a touchdown on a 15 on a 15 yard touchdown run for Rutgers to kind of uh, seal the deal for for that team. Now they improve their record to four and four. Typical Illinois. Typical. Yep. <laughs> have a big win against Air, uh, Penn State. But yet they have a letdown against Rutgers. Look, if you're Rutgers, you needed that win, so you you're back on track with Illinois. Typical Illinois letdown win. Letdown yeah, loss, and, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> and the Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, uh, destroyed Northwestern 41-14. Everson, I did turn to that game for a few minutes. Northwestern was in it, kind of, sort of at halftime, but Minnesota was just pulled away in the second half. They were clearly the better team. Well, and to uh, Minnesota, they're in a driver's seat in the Big Ten West right now they're i think they're like four and one i believe in the conference so everyone else like has like two or three losses so they're kind of like after that you know that that tough loss against you know ohio state early on they're kind of in the dry and i think they had a bad a bad loss too against i forgot uh, i think it was a western michigan or central michigan it was somebody from the whack or bowling green i think it was and look they're kind of in the driver's seat they're on the verge of probably perhaps maybe when if, if things go you know right for them they could end up winning the big Ten west division so mm-hmm. hey look that that's tr- crazy how uh things work um a couple other uh scores of note washington state and arizona state what that term members what's the problem yeah, <laughs> right and this and look and this is a uh, Was- a wazoo tina's gone through a lot um they lost with their head coach because he wouldn't get uh, nick volovich since you know he couldn't get the he would get the vaccine and that's that's required. So now Jake Dicker has mm-hmm. had to take over. And you know, this poor guy has had to like call some other guys from uh he's from the June Jones tree of coaching. He coached him, you know, SMU. He was at SMU, so he had to come in, you know, call some of those coaches. And now you know they pull off a pretty big upset. Now they're five and four. They're still like they're kinda like right there too in the in the Pac twelve North. So a nice win for the Cougs and um uh, but speaking of SMU, uh, unfortunately, they lose to Houston after Marcus Marcus Jones had a hundred yard uh, game winning kickoff return for a touchdown. He had eight of these. Maybe I should not have kicked to him. Just saying, he has he has eight of these <laughs> his career. So maybe not a smart thing to kind of kick to him. But I but I, I see where they were going in the situation. I thought they thought they were going to go out of bounds and maybe perhaps do it that way. They couldn't line drive because that Houston could have set up for a field goal, but y'all still lost. So you know, us you know, unfortunately, no longer unbeaten. So that's a tough one to pill the squad if you're an SMU fan. Yeah, back to Big Ten action. Purdue gets it done over Nebraska. Nebraska will be featured on Big Noon Saturday. That's that's coming up for this week. But uh, they they lose to Purdue by the score of twenty eight to twenty three. Akeem Dory had seventeen carries for seventy four yards for the Boilermakers. It was the it was the defense in the in the running game that got it done for Purdue. And back to uh, the Pac twelve action. We had USC defeating uh, Arizona, who are still winless, forty one thirty four. Yeah, I think they lost one of their their uh, wires too for the for the year USC did, and I saw this game. This was pretty ugly. They kind of had to had to kind of like hold off um, the Wildcats who are kind of mm-hmm. going through a a turnaround right now. And you know, look, I think that SC is going to be looking for the new head coach. <laughs> I think, and yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they who they go with. You know, who who's going to be interested in the job. Also, to another one more Pac twelve where you got UCLA and uh, Utah, Utah. Actually, it was a very emotional. Uh, they 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 came the game to a couple of teammates, you know, who 
who, you know, who were killed, you know, within, you know, a couple of, you know, just a few days of each other, you know, well, I don't want to get in really into it. I don't want to bring down the move, but they kind of fit off that emotion. You know, Tavion Thomas had four touchdowns for Washington touchdowns, 160 yards, you know, Cameron rising had 175, 179 passing yards and a touch, touchdown uh, pass and a touchdown run. So uh, a nice showing for the Houston, very emotional, um, very emotional game. But also too, if you're UCLA, Chip Kelly's now back in the hot seat. So, you know, it's, it's a, he might be getting his paint slip in a little bit, but we'll see. And that's your week nine recap from the world of college football. Tune into our next show, which will be this coming Friday right here on Second City Sports. We'll give you our big games to watch for week 10 in the world of college football. Lakina, we're going up against it as we wrap up today's show. Uh, a, a, a new, a local news, sports news uh, media item to pass along to you guys. Good friend of the show, Layla Rahimi of 670 The Score, part of the Rahimi and Bernstein show, 9 to noon on 670 The Score in Chicago. She'll be adding on to her resume, so she's going to be working part-time as a sports anchor reporter for the NBC affiliate WNBQ TV Channel 5 here in Chicago. It's nice to see Layla get back on TV full-time mm -hmm. now. Good. Yeah. And she's, she's a stay in the family. She even said in her statement over the week, uh, yesterday, she said, well, yeah, yeah. They thought they were going to get rid of me. ABC Universal did, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they, 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 they were going to get rid of them that, get rid of her that easily. And also too, we want to give a shout out to Sayafa Lewis, who she's replacing and he's going back. He's going to the NBC affiliates in Philly, in, uh, Philly to be a, a news anchor. So he has to go back home. And I know he said he was, and I, I remember he said in the interviews that he wants to kind of go back. He wants to go back home. He'll be close to his family. That's where his parents are. And the rest of his family, you know, lives in that area. So, you know, good, this is, you know, good news all around also too, you know, Layla Joe is a pretty good, um, a pretty good lineup of, of folks at, you know, NBC Sports, you know, NBC, uh, NBC Channel, you know, NBC Five, uh, Chicago. Um, Jeff Blancy, who did a great job, you know, who's been, we, we look, you guys know him, he's been doing this forever, you know, did it for ABC Seven for a few years, you know, went back, you know, now he's back doing it here. And also to Mike Berman, who we hope to get either one of those guys on the show at some point. He's been, mm -hmm. he's been here a couple of years to, to, you know, to do it. So, you know, Layla, they're good. They're kind of going to do like a rotation sort of thing. You know, her, you know, Layla and Jeff and Mike, mm -hmm. they're going to do kind of like a rotation of it. So there won't be like a set schedule. So Layla will still be heard on six, seven, the score. I know some people are already like freaking out, but oh no, no, she's going to, she's going to bring her from Bernstein. Nope. Nope. That's not happening. You know, they're going to do kind of like mm -hmm. a hodgepodge. And remember, Blan remember Jeff Blancy also does color for the, the Nepal. Hoops. They're going to be starting their mm -hmm. season up in a, uh, next week. So, you know, this is going to be like kind of a scheduling thing. So it's all going to depend, but, but congrats all around. Yes, congrats to uh, good friend Layla Rahimi. Uh, she'll, she'll, she's back on television, back on your TV screens and laptops full-time, so congratulations to her. Lakina, also, uh, not to uh, end this show on a sad note, but a uh, long-time uh, uh, former MLB player and long-time yeah. Boston Red Sox broadcaster, uh, Jamie Remy, uh, passed away uh, over the weekend at the age of 68. I know he's been battling health issues for the last uh, – decade and a half of his life of course he was diagnosed with lung cancer back in 2008 of course the red sox always uh, held the telethon um with uh, mm -hmm. you know in his honor over the last several years or so uh it's a big hit to not only the boston red sox community but to the baseball community as well i really enjoyed his broadcast over the years on nessa of course i know his role has been diminished uh over the last few years of course his 
Dave O'Brien, who still does work with ESPN, but he's the Red Sox TV announcer for the regular season. He does a great job not only with Remy, but a uh, one-time Red Sox, Dennis Eckersley, who's really been, been stepping up on that broadcast the last few years. Yeah, um, and I saw Elle Duncan, who, of course, does a great job on um, ESPN and the Sports Center. She worked with him for a few years mm-hmm. at Neston. And, you know, I'll see all these people, you know, he was just a very fun, you know, just a fun guy and also to a great analyst. So he's definitely going to be missing in, in Neston and for that Boston, the whole Boston, you know, Red Sox community and also to the baseball community. So this is, he will be missed. Yes, yeah, so um, peace and love to the Jerry Remy family in the Boston Red Sox organization family there for this uh, uh, for this upcoming challenging challenging time. Lakina, before we get up out of here, do the Atlanta Braves wrap it up to uh, not tonight? Do they wrap it up tomorrow night, or does Houston force a seventh game? I think it's go seven. Okay, I think it goes seven. Yeah, I had Atlanta in seven, so I'm right on track with my prediction. If they don't get it done tomorrow night, I just don't see how they can get it done in a game seven with all that pressure, especially after holding a three, one lead. When we get back with you guys on the Friday, the world series, and then the 2021 baseball season will be over. And so we'll start talking some hot stuff baseball. Hopefully we won't have to have a long uh, work service. Should there be one, but We'll see what happens with that. And shout out to our good friend Armando. He says, go Braves. I'm with you there, brother. Yeah. I had Atlanta in seven. And my, hopefully my prediction will come true, as most of America will be rooting for the Braves. Lakina, that's it for today's show. Great job. Take us home. You can follow me at Keenan McKee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McKee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. And make sure you tune into Second City Sports every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Star in Chicago. Once again, every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sandra time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app and make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports on War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Type in those search engine boxes, W A R R or Anchor, and follow the guys at War Media at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at WAR Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. So you guys stay warm out there. Also, to enjoy all the games, some great games um, coming up this week, you know, in both the NBA and, you know, hopefully maybe the World Series. You know, it's going to wrap up this week. Also, to the NHL, too. You know, shout out to the, you know, the folks in the NHL. Um, yeah, so that's it. So the Hawks win the game by the time we come back on Friday. I say uh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look, I'm going to, look, I'm going to pay no mind. It's pay no mind for the Blackhawks right now. I'm, I'm kind of like in that realm of, you know what? I'm not, no, I'm not looking. I'll keep my eye on them, but I'm not looking at that right now. Uh, you know, for Sid, I'm Lakia. This is my second season sports on Sports Show Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till Friday. Holla! <laughs>